Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. This week we are speaking with fitness instructor Allie Mitchell and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation because Allie really opens up about her dealing with her anxiety and just trying to push through that because she acknowledged that she had this anxiety but it was holding her from so much and she knew that she had to do the hard things. She knew she had to push herself outside her comfort zone and by doing all of that she's been able to find something that she's really passionate about. By doing the hard things she's been able to make a full-time career out of being a fitness instructor which she loves doing and this is really important because pushing yourself to work out It is a hard thing for a lot of people. Pushing yourself to live a healthier lifestyle is not always the easy route and there might be so many different blocks that come in your way, but sometimes it is the hardest thing that you do is what gives you that greatest reward or maybe the thing thing that you don't want to do in that moment. So we talk about kind of knowing that difference and also she talks about how to start finding your passion how to just live every day with fearless energy, how to push yourself through a, through being a beginner. And she just has so many nuggets of good information that I can't wait for you guys to hear. But before we jump into that interview, I have a really exciting announcement. We have merch now for the Girls Gone Healthy podcast. So there is a link below to the shop definitely check it out. It's super affordable. You have crew neck sweatshirts, which are the softest thing in the world for under $35. There's also tank tops if you want more workout gear and masks. So I'm really excited that I was able to launch this. Go check it out. Go support. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. Hey guys, so today we are joined by Allie Mitchell. Allie is an enthusiastic member of the Jabs by Gina instructor team. She's certified as an NASM personal trainer and an ACE group fitness instructor. She's been with Jabs as an instructor for a little bit over a year, but she's been a diehard jabber since Jabs was first founded in 2018. Thank you so much for joining us, Allie. Of course, I am so excited to talk with you today. Yeah, so I was wondering if you could take us back, you know, before you found Jabs, before you became an instructor, a little bit about your fitness background. Have you always been an athlete or is this something new for you? Yeah, so I, as like sort of a younger kid, um, between the ages of like eight and I would say 14, I was a competitive gymnast. And so I was like super athletic, probably like 12 year old me could beat up current me right now. I was just like best shape of my life. And it was really fun. I had a great time. And I think because I established that kind of like athlete mentality from such a young age, it really stuck with me. But after I quit gymnastics, you know, you kind of get to a point where you're like, am I going to the Olympics at age 14? If not, you kind of dip out a little bit. So I I ended up quitting and I tried to do dance. Um, I did dance. I did hip hop dance competitively, but it was it was a lot less competitive than I would say the gymnast world. So I did that for a number of years. But then when I went to college, I pretty much halted any kind of physical activity whatsoever. Um, So I really went from like 100 to zero over the years. And it wasn't really a conscious decision. I think it was just that I I didn't have anything I was really passionate about. And so we had gyms, we had, you know, dance teams, but I, I sort of felt like I was really out of practice. I was out of practice with gymnastics. I was out of practice with dance. And I 
honestly, I was worried I wasn't really good enough to kind of make any of those teams. And so I held myself back and I didn't, I didn't even really try out. It was just, there was like this concept of fear. And I thought like, I'm not going to be good enough. So I might as well not try. So I kind of halted all physical activity and I, I tried to go to the gym, but I've never really loved it. I would, you know, do like 20 minutes on the elliptical and I'd be like, cool, that's enough for two weeks. And I was fine with that. And I think I spent a lot of college just like enjoying myself, learning. I loved school. And it wasn't until post-grad where I was like, okay, I'm in New York now. I want to find something that I'm passionate about and maybe it could be fitness. And that was sort of where everything started. Yeah. So for you, it wasn't, you were trying to find a new workout to do or trying to get in shape. It was more just an activity that you wanted in your life. Yeah. I really wanted a hobby. I think I, because I was a gymnast and I was always moving, I, you know, my gut told me that I would love to do something that involved movement again, but it was never from the lens of I need to lose weight or I need to be more fit. I think as I started getting back into it, I realized, okay, I am incredibly out of shape. I try not to think too much about like weight and, you know, looking in the mirror and deciding based on physical appearances, like, do I need to work out or not? I think I've been, that's one thing where I've, I've very, I've stayed away from that. But I did notice like between when I first started working out again and now there is a difference. And there was a difference for me physically in terms of endurance, strength, weight loss. So it kind of happened naturally. It wasn't necessarily something where I was seeking out like a physical change within my body. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned too, like jabs is now your passion. It's your hobby. It's your job. It's kind of like all these things for you. How did you find this as your passion? Yeah. So I, I tried a lot of different things before I found jabs. I was determined to find like a hobby that I could throw myself into. At the time I was working in advertising, I had a corporate job that I didn't love and it was really challenging. It just was not fulfilling for me. So I figured I'm going to get my fulfillment through a hobby. I bought a guitar. I tried singing lessons. I almost went back to grad school. I raised money to go on a Habitat for Humanity trip. And then I canceled last minute. I nearly moved to Boston. Like I was trying everything under the sun to find a passion. And so eventually I started, you know, I took improv comedy classes, which was a blast by the way, like highly recommend everybody does that. It just gets you out of your comfort zone. So I certainly learned things along the way. But it wasn't until I, I tried a yoga membership and I was like, maybe this is it. I'm going to be Zen. I'm going to like learn how to chill out. I bought the yoga membership. I would like schedule and then I would cancel. I would schedule and I would cancel. And I was like, okay, I haven't shown up. (laughs) This isn't the thing for me. Then I veered towards spinning. I liked it a lot. I, you know, I loved being able to move to different music. I loved like Taylor Swift themed classes, obviously. There were a couple of those in New York but I still wasn't falling in love with it. And I had a friend who was an Equinox member at the time and she was like, you should join Equinox. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. I was like, I'm not spending that much money on fitness. Nobody needs to do that. And I kind of like laughed at her a little bit. And she was like, come with me one day. You can come be like my personal guest for the day. And I, I kind of fell in love. I was like, oh my God, everything's like new and beautiful. And I thought, you know, at least I have a friend doing this with me and maybe that'll help. Between the fact that it's like gorgeous and I have a friend, maybe that will make me stay. So I did a trial period 
and I ended up in Gina's class at the time before jobs existed. She was a kickboxing instructor. And I kind of think of it as like fate because she taught at one or two studios at the time in all of Manhattan and it happened to be the one where I lived. And so I just like stumbled into her class one day and I think about there are so many other instructors there that I could have taken class with. I didn't know Gina. I didn't have any reason to take her class. It just worked with my schedule. And after my first class, I distinctly remember I went home and I called my friend who was a triathlete and I was like, what does it feel like when you're going to pass out? Like, could you tell me? Cause like, I know you're an athlete. So like, I just did this workout class. Am I going to pass out? Like, am I going to be okay? And she was like talking me down. Cause I was that out of shape. It, I really couldn't move. She talked me down. I was fine. But for some reason I wanted to go back. Like, I think it was Gina's energy. And I think I felt that like sort of competitive spirit again of like, this is really hard. I want to be really good at it. And so I just kept going back and going back and she eventually made some sort of post on Instagram about how she was doing this secret class. And I was like, well, that's cool. I want to know what this secret class is. So I messaged her. I didn't know her. We had like no real relationship. And she was like, yep, it's going to be called jabs. I'm going to teach this class next week. Feel free to come. It's like 30 people. So I showed up and I loved it. Like I, I just loved it. It was like everything I loved about the previous class, but 10 times more because we were moving with the music. We were moving with the beat. And that reminded me of hip hop. It reminded me of like why I loved movement. And so I finished class and I actually like went up to her and you know, she had previously one time complimented me. She was like, you've picked up on these moves so fast. Like she, she complimented me once. And so for some reason I just was like, I'm going to go up to her and kind of joke around that I want to be an instructor, but like, I'm dead serious. Let's see if she thinks it's like a joke or not. And I was like, wow, this is so fun. Like, would love to do this too. Would love to like take your job, be your instructor. And for a while we kind of had it as like almost a running joke. Like what if I just became a jabs instructor for this class that didn't even really exist? Like you have to remember it was a trial class. It didn't exist. And then eventually little by little, she was like, well, here's how I became an instructor. Here's the path that I took. Um, and as somebody who at the time she had a corporate job as well, that was a really good example for me to understand it is possible. Like this is something that you can make happen. It's going to be very challenging, especially because when you are first an instructor, you don't usually start at Equinox. There was a very high barrier to entry. I emailed people for months, for months. I was like, can I please like be an Equinox instructor? Like I, I'm so dedicated. I really want to do this. And I just got ghosted which I understand, like they want to make sure, you know, I'm sure how many people are like, I want to be an instructor, but I really meant it. And it all just kind of, you know, from there they said, all right, if you are that serious and you really want to become an instructor, we have a program every January for brand new instructors called the Prodigy program. And that was what Gina had done the year prior. And at this point it was June. And I was like, you're telling me that after like, after all this time, now I have to wait another six months until I can even start, until I can even try. And that was the case. So I stuck around. I waited until that January date came around. It was a sort of nationwide talent competition where everybody across the country could apply and they would pick, I think it was like 20, maybe 25 people. And they would pair those people up with current Equinox instructors and they would then become like mentor and mentee. 
And I decided between June and January, I was going to be like the hardest working person that walked into that Equinox. I was like, I'm going to make sure every, I took class with tons of instructors. I made sure that I was front row. And I said to myself, by the time January comes around, all of Equinox is going to know who I am. And not just because I like stick myself in their face, but because I'm, I'm going to be hardworking. I'm going to fight. I'm going to be sweaty. Like I'm this tiny little girl. I'm going to come in with like big energy and it actually paid off. And by the time January rolled around, I was kind of on their radar a little bit and the hard work paid off. And then Gina and I were paired up to be mentor and mentee. And after I learned an Equinox format, we got to the point where jabs had finally grown big enough and we could actually have me start training jabs. And that's where it all started. So that was, that was like my first class I taught was April, 2019. So it was, a, it was like a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Very long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's perfect because I think there's like kind of two levels of that story. So the first one is, you know, when you were finding your passion, looking back, it's like, okay, it makes sense that jobs was your passion because, you know, it has that dancing component, has the songs and movement, but you tried every other thing in between. <laughs> so much. Like, and I was determined. I was like, I don't care if I'm the worst person on this comedy stage. I'm going to try it. I'm going to, and I went alone. Like, I think that's also something that people forget is they always think they have to do something with their friends. And while ultimately that is what got me in the door at Equinox, I don't regret the fact that I tried all these things on my own because I think it taught me a level of like independence and a level of fearlessness where I was just going to try whatever I needed to try in order to find something that got me that excited. Yeah, which is great because, you know, you do have to put yourself out there. You do have to try these new things or else you wouldn't have that opportunity to find them. So one, in the course of trying to find your passion, you tried all these things that weren't it. You know, you found the things that didn't stick. Yeah. And the second part, too, is once you did find your passion of jabs, it still wasn't simple right then and there. It wasn't like you found it and it was a class and they were hiring. You yeah. know, like you spent over a year just in the process of wanting this position that didn't even exist at the time. Yeah. And so I think that that's kind of a great perseverance lesson in itself you know there's two levels of one trying to find it and then two trying to get it once you know it so no way shape or form is it something that's just you happened upon no definitely not and I think I look back and I never could have sort of imagined that it would unfold the way that it did but there was like a level of determination and I swear like the second I took that class I was like that's gonna be me like I found it that's gonna be me and I remember there was somebody else within Equinox who I was speaking to at the time. And she said to me, I want you to make sure you really want this because I know it's very easy to look at Instagram and look at somebody up in front of you in class with a microphone. And it's really easy to think that this is a very glamorous thing to do, but it's really hard work. It's going to take time. It's going to like, you know, break you down before it can build you back up and it's not easy. So take a lot of time to think about do you want this for, you know, the likes, the Instagram, or do you want this because it genuinely is your passion? And that was a, that was a big moment for me because I think that was a thought that I had at the time. And admittedly, I was like, wow, being a fitness instructor, like it looks so glamorous. They like have all these cool clothes and they get this microphone and like you joke, you're like Britney Spears with like your mic, you know, but I really had to decide. And I ended up saying, you know what, this is exactly what I want. I'll take the hard work. I'll take the, the challenges that come with it, I'm here for the whole thing. 
That's awesome. And then I know that kind of the philosophy of your class is fearless Yes. because, you know, Taylor Swift, that's your tattoo. Can you go into what that kind of means for you? Yeah. So when I was in high school, um, probably around my freshman or sophomore year, I just started developing anxiety and it was it was a weird thing for me to experience because I was the girl who loved like roller coasters and like scary things and I loved adventures and I loved being the first person to speak up in class and all of a sudden it was like a switch flipped and I didn't want to speak in class I didn't want to be seen just the thought of like I felt like I was so stuck like the thought that I had to sit through a class and like I couldn't leave I felt really stuck by that and so I was, I kind of like withdrew from a lot of my activities. So I withdrew from dance. I wasn't doing dance anymore. I really was not going anywhere fun with my friends. And I got to a point where I was like, I can't live like this. I'm 16, whatever it was. I have to figure out how to cope with this. And at the time, Taylor had written, she would always write Fearless on her hand for all of her concerts, because that was the name of one of her albums. And she has a, you know, a phrase that says, fearless means living in spite of the things that scare you to death. And at that time I was like, that is exactly what I need to do. I can tell that I'm afraid. I can tell that I'm developing this thing that's like really foreign to me, but I need to keep living. I need to keep going. So I would start to write fearless on my hand and I, it actually really helped. Like I would be sitting, you know, I had to take the SATs. I was petrified. I ended up giving like a speech at my high school graduation, which was like this literally you're like, why would somebody with anxiety put themselves in that position? But I really wanted to do it. And it just started to become this phrase that kept me going at my most anxious point. And it continued all the way through college. I was not going to study abroad because I was very, I was scared. I was like, I don't want to go to a foreign country. I don't want to be somewhere where, you know, I live with a host family. And I was like, you know what? It's the thing that I don't want to do that I really feel like I should do. So I did it. I went, I studied in Madrid. I spoke a little bit of Spanish at the time. I lived with a host family that spoke no English. And I pretty much went abroad with none of my friends. I had a couple friends, like a couple, maybe like two or three, but nobody, you know, I had a lot of friends who were going in like groups of 20 people where they would go and they would know everyone. And it was so fun. And I was like, nope, I'm doing the hard thing. I'm going with nobody that I know. I'm going to a crazy foreign country. I'm living with a host family that doesn't know English. And it ended up being the most pivotal like experience of my life. I learned so much about who I am, what I can get through. And as soon as I came home from that trip, I said to my parents, I don't care what you say. I'm going to get a tattoo on the back of my neck that says fearless. And they were like, okay, you've like, you've mentioned this since you were 16. Now you're, you know, 20, 21. Okay. And I just continued to kind of let that word and that phrase and that idea like lead me forward through everything that was challenging. And the same thing applied with jabs. Like it was a scary thing to do. It could have gone a lot of different ways. And there were moments where I was like, I didn't feel confident. I felt like I was, you know, terrible and not talented enough. And I was never going to get there. And I was like, you've got to be fearless. You've got to do it. So that has been a motto that I've consistently lived by. And it really, you know, 10 years later, it really does stay top of mind for me. So that is something that I try to like insert into my classes is just this idea that like you have to continue living your life even when you come up against those roadblocks. You might not be able to get around them yourself, but as a team or as a class, whatever it might be, we will get through it together kind of thing. Because that's a great reminder too to have 
in that experience of fitness because in order to change to grow to get better like you do have to push yourself through those hard things and so you know especially during those times that you don't feel like it or you're too tired to and just like you want to quit I think those are great reminders of okay it's gonna be hard but you're gonna do it anyways right and I think along the way there were moments where forget being an instructor When I first got back into fitness, like I said, I mean, I have asthma. I would like finish a class and go grab my inhaler. I genuinely started from square one. And I think right now as an instructor, it's, it's very easy for people to see me and think I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who's fit or who doesn't get it. And I'm like, no, I was there. I just got really stubborn when I was training. And I just said, I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm just not going to stop short of an emergency. I'm not going to let myself stop. And little by little, that kind of got me farther and farther. So it, it really is a process. I would love to talk about that transition. So you started out in jabs as just, you know, being a participant. And now you're full-time. Like you end up quitting your corporate job. You're yep. a full-time fitness instructor now. What kind of changes did you see along the way of your training, your fitness, your mentality? What changes did you have to make to get there? Yeah. So I think before I became an instructor and I was kind of like on the path to becoming one, I just tried to very much be like a leader within jabs. So that meant like standing in the front row, greeting new people and kind of establishing other jabbers and and going up to them and say, and making conversation with them. Like if it was their first class, I would just be like, Hey, like, how are you? I'm Allie. Like, so I think before I was an instructor, it was kind of learning how to be a leader and how to take charge. Once I became an instructor, I was living this double life. And so I had a corporate job, which I loved. I had a, you know, a new job that I was really enthusiastic about and how I would balance it is that I would teach class in the morning and I would go work my eight to 10 to 12 hour day after that. I used to teach a double on Monday morning. So I would teach a 6.30 and a 7.30 and then I would go to work. I would walk in with like all my stuff. I'd have my wet hair and I would just be like, hey guys, are we like ready to take on the day? And everyone's like, it's a Monday morning, like get out. And I I noticed that, you know, over time, my excitement for jabs was exponentially larger than my excitement for anything else in my life. And so I balanced like, you know, the double life for a little while. I pretty much taught class any chance I could get. Like if somebody needed a sub, if Gina needed a sub or anybody else on the team needed a sub, I was the first hand, even if I didn't have time, even if I was like, oh, I I don't have time, but I want to do it. I want to be there. And I think I started to, again, just take this position of being a leader and being like, okay, if somebody needs to step up, I will do it. I will do it with a smile. Like I'm ready for it. It was very tiring, but it was so worth it. Um, that's when I really learned to become a morning person, because if there's something you want to do in your day, you've got to like make the time. It's not just like, oh, I don't have time. If you want it, you'll make the time, you'll find the time. And then yes, slowly as I think 2020 started, I was having thoughts of, I don't know how much longer I can do this double life. I am definitely always tired. And one of these feels more rewarding than the other, which was saying a lot because I did really like, I was a project manager at an ad agency and I did really love my job and I loved the people that I worked with, but it was starting to creep into my head of, you know, how can we make this possible? Then once quarantine hit my, you know, for a lot of people, I think their work slowed down at their job. My work 
increased tenfold just because of the nature of the account I was working on. And so I was working 12 hour days and then jabs was also growing. And so our audience was growing, our class size was growing. We went from teaching, you know, two classes a week to like 10 classes a day. And, and it was clear that I was needed in both places very, very badly. And I was like, one of these is going to have to break. I'm going to have a point where I can't work 12 hours on both of them. It's just not going to fly. And so that was when I, you know, it was, it was a difficult decision. I, I won't lie about that. My heart wanted it, but there were obviously so many other things that I needed to think about financially. I needed to think about, you know, is this going to sustain itself past, you know, however long this quarantine lasts? And I talked to my friends, I talked to my parents. Of course my heart wanted it, but I needed to like be smart about it. And I got to the point where I was like, I have no doubt that whatever Jabs turns into, I wanna be there. I wanna be there through it all. And I wanna be, you know, helping Gina in any way that I can, helping the team. And so whatever the next few months, or if it's years, like whatever it looks like, I wanna be there. And that was the kind of aha moment where I was like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I have to change my way of life. This is what I want to spend my time doing. And that's when I was like, that's it. We're doing it. And we're going to be so much happier for it. And I have to tell you the first week when I taught and I, I, it was like my full-time job, I've never been happier. And that has continued. Obviously not working in an office setting, you know, we're not there in person, but not doing virtual office stuff. It's different. It's, it's, a de it's definitely a different vibe. And I think a lot of the time people are, you know, they ask me, they're like, what do you do all day? Because, you know, I teach three classes a day. What do I do with the rest of my time? And my answer is always preparing for the classes themselves. And I think the work that goes into that that is literally what takes up the whole day. I could do jabs from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, whether it's like new choreography, which is also a really fun part of being full-time jabs is like getting to choreograph and getting to kind of flex the creative muscle a little bit. But it just, it meant that I couldn't, I no longer needed to separate the way that I spent my time. I could just throw myself into jabs and do what I loved. And so that was the best decision ever, I would say. Yes. <laughs> I am so happy for you that you found that and made yeah. that that it's just like so fun to hear from my perspective of like look at her doing what she loves um but I also think it's a really like motivating story where you started at the beginning because a lot of people are like how do I motivate myself to go to the gym you know how do I motivate this and you know when you make it a hobby when you make it your passion like you could not stay away. You know, you said that you were wow. going to every class you could. You were doing twice in the mornings on Monday. And that wasn't because you're like, oh, I'm an instructor. This is my job. Like, I get paid. It's like, no, because you wanted to be there. Yeah. You love the feeling of being there. And then, you know, that's what motivates you to show up. Right. Like, people would always be like, how do you do that? How do you wake up at five and then teach two classes and then go to work? And I'm like, Yes, I will acknowledge that it's a challenge. I'm not a superhuman. I'm not born with any extra energy more than anybody else has, but it's what I want to do. And like, you will get yourself up for the things you want to do. And if you're not getting yourself up for it, it's probably not the right thing. That I think is what people miss. If it doesn't motivate you and you're not excited about it, it's probably not the right thing. Yeah, because as you saw with your yoga studio, like you were trying to cancel the classes. You were finding I reasons. I would, I would be like, today's the day I've got my yoga mat. I'm ready. And then 
something would happen at work and I would be like, cancel, cancel, cancel. Same thing with class pass. I had zero accountability. I wasn't excited. So I didn't, I didn't go. And that, that is a huge sticking point, I think. Yeah, no, I love that little nugget of advice right there. Like if you have to force it, it's probably not the right thing. Yeah. And I thought, because I think you fall into a pattern of like, there's something wrong with me. Like there's something wrong with me if I can't get myself to the gym. Now, obviously getting yourself to any physical activity, there's going to be a little bit of like a push. Like I didn't wake up every day. I would still wake up and be like, oh my God, I'm tired. We all feel that way. Um, so I don't think you need to like spring up out of bed and be like, I'm going to do my workout if you do great. But if you can at least, and this is something that I tell people all the time, go to the workout and write down the second you leave, write down how you feel, write it in a note in your phone and say like, I feel, and you'll see, I feel amazing. I'm so glad I did this. The next time you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to, you will have physical proof that you are happier when you go. Like it's not, it's different when somebody else is like, you'll be so happy when you go, when you can look at your phone and be like, here's physical proof from me two days ago when I didn't want to go and I went and I had fun. Like that is it for me, that was a huge tool in just jumpstarting the initial motivation to do fitness again was like, look, I turned out okay. Yeah. And if you keep doing that too, you know, you can scroll back through. I accomplished this that day. I yeah. felt amazing. I felt my best. And yeah, it doesn't matter that you have to wake up then at 5 a.m. on Monday because you were the happiest person in that office on Mondays. Yep. Every time. And people were like, um, okay, you clearly just taught a class. Like you're way too excited. <laughs> That's awesome. And then that leads me to my last question is what are you currently working on with your health fitness related goals? Yeah. So I think for me, a lot of what I'm doing is just kind of maintaining this, like teaching 15 times a week thing. Um, I think there, there's a transition point as an instructor when you go from, you know, taking all these classes to then teaching them. And it's, it's a different kind of endurance, like to be able to speak, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit, um, to be able to speak and, do the workouts and then to do it three times a day or two times a day, whatever it is. So I think I'm just trying to continue building up that endurance and then incorporporating, like if I want to take Gina's class or Shay's or, Shay, you know, Sammy, anybody on the team, I really like to make an effort to make it to other instructors classes because that is like the heart of me. It's like, I am a jabber at heart. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out how to carve out that time um, and still have my me time because I think there's, there's a shift like this is fun and it's a blast, but it is my job. And so it is a career. It is something that requires work and it, it almost changes your me time a little bit. And so I've just tried to figure out a way to be like, okay, when I teach, that's my teach time. When I take a class, that's my me time. And just like separating the two and saying, yes, this is my job now, but it doesn't always have to be my job. I can still participate as a jabber, as somebody that just like wants to get a good sweat in, um, so I think just finding that balance has been really fun for me and just also choreographing. Like I work up a sweat when I choreograph, I'm like on the floor, I've got like three ACs running and I'm like, Oh, this is what people are talking about when they're drenched in class. Like this is it. So definitely still trying to keep up movement, but people are always like, Oh, do you work out like 20 times a week? I'm like, with what time? Like your body will run out of energy. Like I've had to shift my energy from all my energy goes to me, all my energy goes to my workout. 
now all my energy goes to jabs. My energy goes to jabbers. It goes to the team. And it's almost like, it's a little like give and take, like I'm going to give you my energy and now I have to figure out another way to fulfill myself. But it's like, I really wouldn't have it any other way. I really wouldn't. Like the transition has been one that's so pleasant and so enjoyable and fun. It's like, I don't sit here and have regrets being like, oh, well, I can't jab anymore. I can still jab. I still jab. It's just different. Yeah. No, I love that reminder because, you know, even though you are a full-time instructor, you're like, that's not my only form of exercise or of movement. You know, you're not trying to burn yourself out of just instructing. You also have that me time of you get to experience the class. Right. Because that's what I fell in love with when it all started. And I love returning to that and being, instead of being like the big person on the screen, I like to be the little box on the screen and be like, this is my workout. Let's do it. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to give you the time now for you to share how people can find you and take class with you. Of course. So you can go to jabsbygina.com. If you go to the little reserve button, there's a button that says book now, or it's like book a class. It's a pretty like sparkly button. You'll find it. You can't miss it. Um, so I teach about 14 to 15 classes a week and you can find me on Instagram at Allie Mitchell NYC. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on today, Allie. This was great. Thank you, Emily. It means so much to just be part of this and to get to talk to you about everything. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.